You gotta love when Tim Lindsay the bitches gives us something to talk about right at the top of the show. I mean, it's just perfect fantasy baseball fodder. Welcome, everybody. It's Tuesday, the 24th of April. Adam Azer with Scott White and Al Melchior. Al, you watched the, the whole Lincecum outing. I did. I did. They were uh, considerate enough to put it on as a 4 o'clock game. I had a little time on my day off uh, to watch it. So um, I saw it from the uh, ugly beginning to the ugly end. Yeah, well, that's the funny thing. He had a pretty good line, but it... it belied his performance Ab- didn't it absolutely it did um he was very very lucky to escape with just the the one earned run and we'll get scott's opinion on that too danny noble wrote a blog about it on our website and it was very interesting some scouts takes on it and much more follow us on twitter at cbs fantasy bb at cbs scott white at al melk cbs al melc at Nando CBS, N-A-N-D-O, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com is our email address. Put podcasts in the subject line. Man, we got a lot of emails coming in lately, so I want to thank all of our listeners for reaching out. We hope to get to as many as possible. Coming up today, a pitching prospect gets called up, Jared Parker. Scott, is this a big deal? It's a pretty big deal he's in some leagues he's a guy you're going to want to add right away obviously a high upside pitcher it's been a top 100 prospect according to baseball america five straight years uh, <laughs> wow I, but he he's also the kind of prospect who his minor league numbers are, are good but they're not like so overwhelmingly impressive that i expect him to just come up and dominate right away right the comparison i've been using over and over again is if drew pomeranz is worth owning in your league Jared Parker is also, but if Pomeranz is out there on the waiver wire, then then maybe you can pass on him for now. Who would you rather own? I would probably lean a little toward Parker just because Pomeranz hasn't gotten off to a sensational start and because he pitches in Colorado. Uh, but Parker has his drawbacks too. He has the A's offense backing him. So yep. they're, they're both on the, the lower end of rosterable mixed league pitchers right now. Love that word, rosterable. That's a fantasy term. you got to love it. So we, one prospect ca- gets called up. A former All-Star gets sent down. Ike Davis keeps struggling. Jake Peavy is on fire. And we look at the most added and most dropped players, including a nice statistical breakdown of Philip Umber. All right, time for the stat of the day. we got two today. Stat of the day number one. Pablo Sandoval has a 16-game hitting streak that ties the San Francisco Giants record at the start of a season set by Willie Mays in 1960. That's according to Stats LLC. Are you buying Pablo Sandoval as a top five third baseman this year? He's been excellent so far. I, I can buy it. Um, I mean, I did not have uh, Sandoval ranked in my top five preseason. I probably, if I updated it right now, would probably have him maybe about seventh. But there's some clustering going on behind uh, Miguel Cabrera and Jose Bautista and Evan Longoria. So after those three guys, I think Sandoval is as good, potentially better than, uh, you know, the David Wrights and the Ryan Zimmermans. And stat of the day, number two. Stat of the day, number two. Ooh. Said that pretty quickly. Zach Greinke, 13-0 and and 18 starts at Miller Park since joining the Brewers. Longest home win streak in baseball. So if you own Zach Greinke and he's pitching at home, there's a very good chance you're going to get a win. Not bad. All right, Tim Lincecum. There's a pretty good chance anyway, though. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) He's my Cy Young pick. I don't know if we went over this on the show. No, I don't think so. Cy Young. Greinke was Oh, you know what? I I do remember you saying that. I'm going to go Bumgarner. 
<laughs> I love him that much. Bum I went Hamels. You went Hamels? Yeah. It's a pretty good pick. You're uh, not going Lincecum right now, though. Heck no, I'm not going <laughs> Lincecum. All right, let's talk about him, and then we'll get into the three up, three down, most added, most drop, all that stuff that you've come to know uh, every day. Here we go. So Lincecum went five innings, 108 pitches, one run, eight strikeouts. you got to love that, but five walks, four hits. He hit 92 on the gun in the first two innings, then his velocity decreased. And Danny Nobler speculates there, are, you know, oh, he said there are some whispers that his hip might be bothering him. So what, what do you take away from all this? I listened to the Danny Nobler side more than the eight strikeout side. Uh, because even though you point to the 92 miles per hour in the first two innings, like that's a step forward. We're We're still talking about a guy who the last couple years averaged 92 on his fastball, which means he was hitting 94, 95 at times. It wasn't just topping out at 92 and then you know losing steam the rest of the way. It, so the velocity still doesn't seem right. If, if, if he is lacking uh, the ability to drive towards the plate, that would explain it. And yeah, a hip injury would explain it. I mean, if that's what the scouts are saying, then it, then it, it correlates with what we're seeing statistically, right. and, and that makes it even... Um, even more of a concern that Lincecum's not going to be that ace this year. And one scout said there's no power in his legs. But you know, I guess you get this one good start. Maybe you can trick some fantasy owners out into thinking he's back, he's okay. Now maybe you might want to sell him. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Uh, again, I don't know. I mean, you, you don't know till you, you hit the market and, and try. And there's a lot of negative buzz uh, after the start with Linscombe. I'm not sure how many people are going to be able to fool, but it's certainly worth testing the market and seeing if you can get uh, value. I'd say if you can get value for him even as a number two starting pitcher, um, then that's a trade that you probably should be making because this, yeah, this was a, a disturbing. Uh, start to watch for him because no, there apparently was no power. I didn't see him hit 92 once. Obviously, he did, but it was a lot of 89, 90, a few 91 mile an hour fastballs. And when he wasn't throwing the fastball, his command, he was uh, just all over the place, bouncing a lot of pitches. Um, just not good. So, so when you say the value of a number two pitcher, what, what are you thinking he falls outside of? If, if, you know, just projecting him for the rest of the season, knowing what you know now, mm -hmm. like, is he outside the top 30? Is he even lower than that? Uh, I wouldn't trade him as that. Not to say, like, I, at this point, it would not surprise me for him to, to fall outside the top 30. But I yeah. also think that whatever's wrong with, you know, look, I'm not a, a medical doctor. I'm not a scout. So I, you know, what I saw was a guy who was not throwing very hard, but laboring a lot. Uh, to get it to 90, um, that concerns me. So I would say that if I could get somebody to you know trade what I would consider value for a top 25 pitcher, yeah, I would I would take it. Yeah, I think I think I feel the exact same way. You know, Al, I didn't really know until right now that you're not a doctor or a scout because you've done so many <laughs> he things. He's a doctor. He's got a doctor. Oh, that's yeah. right. You that's are. That's why I qualify. So I'm not a medical doctor. You are a doctor. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, you're not a medical doctor or a scout, which is interesting because like, you are so many things, and we find out more and more about you every day. Well, that's time for me to fill in all the thing, all the places I haven't lived, all <laughs> yeah. the jobs I haven't had. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's go three up, three down. Three up number one is Nate Sherholtz. Uh, right now, by the way, Aubrey Huff not available because uh, he's had family issues, so he's not with the team. But Sherholtz, pretty good doubleheader. He tripled in both games, and he combined for six hits, and he had a three-run homer. 
He's owning sixteen percent of leagues. Uh, any thoughts on Nate Sherholtz? This is just out of nowhere. Um, so I'm, I at this point, I'm sort of writing it off as a fluke and, and wanting to see more. Well, I actually did put in a couple of claims for him in FAAB leagues. Um, not a high dollar amount or anything. I think zero dollars. But um, I, I'm always interested when I see him heat up like this because his minor league track record, and it was at AAA Reno where a, a lot of people hit. Travis Ishikawa was a stud at AAA Reno. Uh, but Sheerholtz hit over 300 with over 15 homers back-to-back years there, and he's 28 now, so he's he's right in his prime and hasn't before last year hadn't really gotten regular playing time ever. So I kind of feel like th- there may be a, th- there's a chance Sheerholtz could be a little something more than we've seen so far. That said, I'm not you know I'm not dropping a, a Dexter Fowler type for him or a or a Alejandro De Aza type for him. I, I'm, he's probably going to remain on waivers in most of my leagues. Well, how about Cody Ross? He's owned in half of our leagues, and he already has as many fantasy points this week as he had last week. He has 12. He hit two home runs yesterday, including a game winner. You mentioned Dexter Fowler. Would you drop Dexter Fowler for Cody Ross? No, I wouldn't. I still think Fowler's upside's higher overall. And, and Ross, he could be a 20-homer guy, uh, but... He's not going to walk a lot. He's going to be very streaky. And when Carl Crawford and hopefully <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury comes back, then um, then Ross isn't going to have a regular place to play either. But you still got figure a, a month left. Yeah, no, there's maybe a couple months. But, again, a lot of highs and lows. Um, if, if you're, if it, I, let's put it this way. If you're in a, if you're in a rotisserie league and you need power more than speed right now, it's not unfathomable to add Ross over Fowler, but in, in the majority of leagues, I wouldn't do that. Three up number three is Nick Swisher. He leads the American league with 21 RBIs. Only Dodgers have more RBIs than him. I think both Ethier and Kemp have 22. I think. Does that sound right? Maybe. Uh. Sure. Doesn't sound crazy, though, does it? <laughs> no. Okay, then I'm going to say it's right. Uh, he, all right, so here's the thing about Swisher. He's a top 10 fantasy hitter in, tw- in head-to-head, but he's 29th in Roto. So I'm thinking you might be able to sell him in Roto for more than what he's really worth because he's off to such a good start. What do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah, I would buy that. I mean, he is a legit uh, head-to-head producer because of the walks. But, um, yeah, in Roto, I think uh, – he's a guy you test the market with, but I mean the, the run production, you know, the RBIs, I mean, that's something that he can, you know, yeah, be a, not be necessarily want to sell him, but yeah, <laughs> I kind of take, I kind of take exception to that. And it's really, um, it's really a matter of how the rankings work in head to head in Roto and head to head. It's, it's based on the points he's scored. It's, yeah. it's objective. And, and even though in Roto, we have this formula that, theoretically makes it objective it's still not entirely objective and to me a guy like swisher who you know is going to hit about 25 home runs with 80 rbi 80 runs scored that's what he's done every year with the yankees um that's that's just as uh, that makes him just as valuable to me as head-to-head and roto I mean, he's off to a hot start. He's not going to finish ninth in head-to-head either. So maybe just calling him a sell-high candidate in general mm-hmm. is is a good idea. But I, I don't I don't know that there's this big divergence really in his value in head-to-head in Roto. 
Fair enough. All right, three down, three players struggling right now. Ike Davis, he's been really bad. He went 0 for 4 in the first game of the doubleheader with two strikeouts, and then he struck out pinch hitting on what the Mets were saying was a bad call in game two. But Ike Davis is struggling. Uh, what did we do with him? Stash him, drop him? Oh, I don't think you drop him. I, the two-homer game he had recently uh, was enough reassurance to me that this Valley fever isn't going to be such a big deal. And that's really the only concern I had about him coming into the season. So otherwise, I can just dismiss this as a slow start. Chris Parmalee is three down number two, Al. Twins first baseman. I, I, was, I don't know why. I kind of liked him at the beginning of the year. He's been pretty useless. He's owned in 16% of leagues. Uh, would you drop him for Chris Davis? Absolutely, I would. Would you um, drop him for Casey Kochman? No, I wouldn't because I, you know, I think they're actually pretty similar producers. So if Parmalee's the guy you drafted, then you might as well stick it out with him. And I think he's probably got a little bit more power potential than, than Kochman. Okay. Uh, and three down number three was kind of hard for me to find yesterday. So I went with Jason Mott because he blew a save. Is anybody uh, – well, I wouldn't really say concerned about him. He's been pretty good this year. But give me your thoughts on him. Is he a number one closer? Right now I would say he is just because, I mean, closers are dropping like flies and, and uh, you know, whoever is somewhat reliable and left standing, that's a potential number one closer. So, yeah, Mott hasn't done anything, I think, to jeopardize that status uh, up to this point. Rotation time, five guys who caught our eye from yesterday's action. All right, Jake Peavy, he's incredible right now. Complete <laughs> game, three-hit shutout with 107 pitches against the A's. I would like to mention that the White Sox have thrown a perfect game against the Mariners and a complete game shutout against the A's. So that needs to be taken into account. Two terrible lineups. But Peavy yeah. has a 1.19 ERA since his first start. Are you buying it, Scott? I'm buying it. I'm and I was buying it even before this start because you you make reference to the the uh the the favorable matchup here against the A's. His previous two starts where he was also retro Jake Peavy were at Texas and against the Tigers. So clearly those were uh teams that could have gone to town against a bad pitcher and and they didn't against Peavy. Peavy shut them down. So uh I feel like you can add Peavy you know another uh, a year, another year removed from that shoulder injury where he, last year he did show signs at times that he could be that guy. This year it looks like it's happening more consistency, and I, I'm putting him right there uh, with Justin Morneau and Adam Dunn among players I believe are back to form. I'm offering you Jake Peavy for Tim Lincecum. Are you taking it? I have to stop and think about it. I'm still I'm still <laughs> holding on to Lincecum. I'm not doing that yet. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, Wade Miley. I'm offering you Wade Miley for Tim Lincecum, Al. Are you taking that? <laughs> uh, no, I'll pass on that. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for asking, though. All right, but, but he did shut out the Phillies over six innings with seven strikeouts, two hits and one walk, replacing Daniel Hudson in the Diamondbacks rotation. Thoughts on Miley? Uh, actually, I'd like to start first with a thought on the Phillies. Like they, They've become a, a favorable matchup. They're the A's. <laughs> sort of. I mean, yeah. I mean, until they, uh, you know, get Howard Nutley back, not, you know, nothing really special there. But, you know, that's it about Miley. Um, he could stick in the rotation. Uh, I mean, he's replacing Hudson now, but he could be uh, a guy maybe that winds up uh, taking Cole Mentor's spot. But, that, you know, that's, I mean, the guy we're all waiting for naturally is Trevor Bauer. Much, much more uh, upside potential there with Bauer. So at this point, Miley's more of a deeper leagues guy. All right, Dodgers starting pitcher Chris Capuano, 2-0 with a 3.52 ERA. He's owned in about half of our leagues. Capuano or Mike Leake? 
I'll 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 stick with leak there, I guess, uh, because I think in the end, Chris Capuano, I, I I don't think of the ERA. I don't think he has a chance of producing an above average ERA and WHIP. And Leak still does have that chance. That said, we've talked before about how I I've, I released Leak in all the leagues I drafted him in, and he hasn't gotten picked up in any of them. So, um, I I think in leagues deep enough where Leak is worth owning, then Capuano, just by the nature of the depth of the league, is also worth owning. Rotation spot number four is Derek Holland. He's owned in almost all leagues. He was. Lit up a little bit yesterday, allowed seven runs against the Yankees. He had been very good, Al. What do you make of yesterday's start? It's just more of the same pattern with Holland. He just tends to fold against really good lineups. That's, that's been his tendency. And um, until he starts to turn that around, I'm, I'm going to be sitting him in weeks where he faces teams really? like the Yankees. Yeah. What do you think about his mustache? I don't uh, Have like you it, seen it too much. Well, is it, Does he changed it? No, but last year he didn't have it, did he? Well, then, then I guess, yeah, uh, I, I don't like it because whatever the last iteration is of his mustache, <laughs> I just thought it was a little too, you know. It's 70s, intense. Yeah, I don't like it. 70s porn stash. Uh, <laughs> hey, thank you. It really is. <laughs> Very pornographic out there. I almost felt uncomfortable watching the game last night. Uh, John Lester is rotation spot number five. Seven innings, five earned runs, four walks. His ERA is six. Uh, he struck out four at Minnesota. And is anybody worried about John Lester? I wish maybe I'd seen this one instead of the Lincecum start because that's not a good line, and I wonder what's what's up with that because I wasn't worried about Lester prior to this start, but that should have been a, a fairly favorable matchup for him. So, And you know what happened the last time he started? That was that 18-3 to game yeah. I saw live in person in Boston. That's right. He's and, struggling right now. Yeah. yeah, but he did have a couple good starts before then, so mm-hmm. I—, I yeah, I don't think there's any reason to sound the alarm with Lester yet. Uh, Didn't he have a bad April last year? He did, and and he's normally a slow. I don't know. Actually, I don't know that he had a bad April last year, but he is normally a slow starter. He and CC Sabathia, the slow starting aces. Injuries, news, and notes. Adrian Beltre's injury is not serious, according to Beltre. In fact, I would check the website today because he. Might be back, so if you're in a daily league, he could be back sooner than we anticipated. Sorry about that, but definitely the report uh, going into yesterday was certainly that he was going to miss the Yankees series, and he still might. A's pitcher Jared Parker getting called up. All right, we talked about that at the top of the show. Tell me who you would drop for Jared Parker. Would you drop Bruce Chen? Yeah, I probably would. I definitely would. Would you drop uh, Phil Hughes? Yeah. I would also. Carlos Zambrano. Yeah, easy, uh, easy choice there. It was pretty good last time out, Zambrano. He was. Not, uh, <laughs> he was, he was, but um, you know, I, I, I think I probably would too. When you're talking about I, the you know the low end guys in in mixed leagues, uh, it, it's more about the upside. Well, I, I think Zambrano, because the strikeouts have been there for them, there is a degree of upside with him, as opposed to somebody like Chen, who I would lump in there with the the Phil Umbers and the uh, Bronson Arroyos of the world. Uh, let's see. Jair Jurgens was set down at AAA. And, you know, they say if you give two hits, if you give up two hits to Juan Uribe in one game, you're probably going to get sent down. And that's exactly what happened to Jair Jurgens. You know, it's an old cliche. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But but it's a cliche because it's true. You got to love those baseball cliches. (laughs) All right, Braves man, what do you think about this? I was pretty surprised, to be honest. And I think any time you see an established (laughs) player go down to the minors, you're surprised just because it's like, 
they can still do that with them, right? <laughs> you know, that doesn't even seem like it's an option. Um, but it it, it probably, I mean, it seems logical. I think it's just a short-term thing, um, you know, hoping to relax him, maybe get him back on track. Because uh, physically, it seems like he's fine. And, and in the past, when he's been fine physically, he's been... A, a good, good pitcher, pitcher. Yeah. and I think he's still better than Randall Delgado, at least at this stage of Delgado's development. Uh, Delgado, obviously, the one sticking around with Jurgens going down, and Hudson coming back, yeah, and Tim Hudson coming back to take Jurgens' place. Yes, um, so I, I think it, it. If you own Jurgens in a mixed league, it, it just doesn't make any sense to hold on to him at this point. I, I thought he was probably worth releasing anyway because. We talk about upside in relation to strikeouts. He's a non-strikeout guy, so when he's struggling, what's the point of owning him? Yeah. Uh, but I'm not giving up on him for the rest of the season, necessarily. John Jay should avoid the DL. The Rays are close to signing Hideki Matsui. Does anyone care? Not not much, and it's a minor league deal, and probably be a while before we'd see Matsui anyway, um, but eventually could be an AL-only option. Josh Willingham will miss Wednesday's game to be with his pregnant wife. Jason Bay has bruised ribs, and every time you look at the Mets box score, you got to look at Kirk Neuenheis, and any outfield injury could be good news for him. Uh, are you high on, on Neuenheis right now? And I, I mean, I'm not saying that this Bay thing is a big deal or anything, but it's not a small deal. Or maybe it is. I think, <laughs> I, I think it'd be silly for them not to keep Neuenheis around because when Andres Torres comes back, he's in his late thirties and clearly not, not going to be a part of their future. Right. New is proving he can completely handle major league pitching. He deserves to be here and he's, is a building block to the future. So I, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping they come to their senses on this and keep him around. Cause if they do, then I'll be a lot more interested in adding him, and maybe even outside of NL-only leagues. All right, before we get to more from around baseball, you're going to want to check the website for Hunter Pence's shoulder injury, Chipper Jones's knee, Adrian Beltre, Ryan Zimmerman, Brandon Phillips. But also, Al, you weren't here yesterday, so I didn't get to talk to you about my... I'm almost going to call it an upset in the podcast <laughs> league. I think you had three more starts than I yep. did. I lost and, and one. And you had a great – oh, you lost for the I lost out? Dempster oh. uh, to the DL. Oh, to the DL. All yeah. right, so I got lucky there because it was a close close game. You know, I could blame that, but <laughs> you, you didn't get lucky. You were I, – I, I was just stupid. Um, were you? <laughs> because the, differ, the difference could have been Dempster, but the difference was definitely making the swap for um, Heath Bell, putting him on the bench, getting Frank Francisco in there. I mean, there was a swing there of – I think twenty some odd points. Mm. That that would have made the difference. And, and it, yeah, you got to stick with your Marlins, man. Well, got, you know, got to stick, stick with your studs. Exactly. Yeah. It was just a dumb move. And and to make matters worse, it's my second dumb bullpen move since the beginning of the season, <laughs> which isn't that old yet. So I got to get my act together in the podcast league. Okay. All right. Well, Heath Bell is active right now. In I'm four, three and zero, so. oh, baby. I'm three and zero in the podcast league. What's your What are your records? One and two. One and two, and Ooh, I, I'm already man. predicting I'm going to be one and three this week because <laughs> really? it was one of those situations where the guy I'm facing had five double starters, and they were wow. all legitimate, like, front-line double starters, and I have one. So. Listen, that's kind of how I felt going into the last week. Well, yeah. I was outmatched, but I pulled it out. I got through. a lot of heart. My team's got a lot of heart. Yeah. 
Team Azer. More from around baseball here. Third baseman Mike Moustakas heating up for the Royals. Seven doubles this year. Not bad. He's batting two eighty three. He is owned in 83% of leagues and started in 57% of leagues. But right now, he's only the 18th best third baseman. Your thoughts so far on Mr. Moustakas? I saw uh, a tough sophomore year for him. Um, and as I've said, with, with Hosmer as well, I was a little skeptical of the power numbers for these guys. I mean, Moustakas didn't have good power numbers last year, but um, the minor league power numbers because of the, the parks that they play in. But, um, you know, obviously the guy has the potential to be a, a top third baseman. So you got to watch this and see if uh, if he can make this last because uh, Moustakas could be a, a sophomore disappointment, but could just as easily be a breakout. So you got to keep tabs on him. All right, Bruce Chen held the Blue Jays to three runs in seven innings. He only struck out three. Uh, I th- we've talked about him in the context of Jared Parker, so I'm going to skip him. Dodgers infielder Juan Uribe went four for four with three RBIs. Does anyone care? That's why Jair Jurgens got six. Jair Jurgens cares. That's yeah. about it. So ignore him. And Uribe. how about uh, Jason Hayward? Six stolen bases this year. He stole nine in 128 games last season, and he has not been caught stealing so far in 2012. Is he going to be a stolen base guy? He has the ability to be, and it seems like his position in the lineup now, he's I think, batting sixth, uh, seventh, somewhere around there. The lower third of the lineup uh, is a more ideal spot to steal bases because you don't have the big bats coming up behind him. So if they've utilized him this way to this point, I see that continuing. And, and really, I see a, a well, it's look it's shaping up to be a big year for Jason Hayward overall because he's batting over 300. Uh, OPS, I think, is over 900. He he looks, I think you can put him in that PV done more no group of guys who are back. And in Hayward's case, maybe even taking another step forward. You know, Scott, not that I disagree with you, but just to have a disagreement here. <laughs> Morneau's hitting like 230 or something right now. If you take away Yankee Stadium, he's not having that great of a year. I know. <laughs> but I still think, uh, based on what how he ended spring training and how he, he started the season, and he was capable of having that two-homer game and what was it, three home runs in like five days or something. Last year's Morneau just wouldn't be capable of any yeah. of that. And, and plus, you saw Torrey Hunter say that his swings are much better. Seems to be some encouraging signs. Yeah, I, I'm I'm believing in Morneau. I, I was saying Dunn was back before he got before he had his two homer game too, and it, it's just it, it's it goes beyond the numbers, I guess. Well, Adam Dunn is a proud member of the Adam Azer Podcast League team, sitting in there and at my first base slot. And homering yesterday, and I was very happy. Most added, most dropped. Here we go. Number one on the most added list, Nolan Reimold, owned in 42% of leagues. All right, it's Al, Mr. Reimold. Actually, 81, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Up 42%, yeah. owned in 81% of leagues. Thank you. Which is, uh, you know, I made a comment, and I can't recall now if it was on this program or on our 360 program, but saying that, you know, Reimold about a week ago was at, I think, the 50s, maybe approaching 60% ownership. And I said, there's, there's more room here for him because the power is absolutely legitimate. Now I think he's uh, about where he should be, about 80% ownership. Uh, he has had that uh, neck issue, and um, you know, but it uh, doesn't sound like that's going to hold him back for long. So no, he's he's a guy that uh, you can keep in your in your lineup going forward. More uh, most added number two, Philip Umber. All right, we talked about him yesterday, but then we got this tweet, and the three of us were uh, I don't know tweeted. 
I'm still not great at Twitter lingo. Um, but I do know, don't say anything bad about JPR and Sibia on Twitter, lest you end up in a, in a Twitter fight that gets put on Deadspin. And well, why would you that. say something bad about JPR and Sibia and include his Twitter handle? That doesn't make sense to me. It's so, you just, you know, this he was guy. was spoiling for a fight. Must yeah. have been. Yeah, a Long Island radio host uh, who actually, I actually know pretty well. He tweeted, Something about Aaron Sibia's batting average, but he put, you know, at JP Aaron Sibia or whatever his handle is, and JP Aaron Sibia doesn't do like do being that? criticized. I don't, I don't know why he did that. <laughs> That's just picking a fight. Yeah, it was not a good choice. Anyway, Philip Umber. So we got tweeted uh, this by BC Eagles 182. Phil Umber since All Star break last year 8.73K per nine, 2.21 walks per nine, 3.94 strikeout to walk ratio in 69 innings. Hashtag more legit than you think. And I do like good hashtags, so that's a nice one. But, you know, you kind of left out the most important numbers there, BC Eagles. He was 1-4 and four with a 5.01 ERA after the All-Star break. So uh, what do you make of uh, those, those stats, Al? Well, I, I think I'm somewhere between uh, BC Eagles 182 and uh, CBS Scott White. Because <laughs> um, I think I like, like uh, Umber a little better than Scott does. But... Um, yeah, maybe he's, you know, I, I think he's legit, but not so legit that I would put him in my lineup every week. In fact, to be perfectly honest, for this week's uh, top 70, uh, which I was putting together while uh, Umber was putting together his uh, perfect game, mm-hmm. I mean, I had some questions about whether even to include Umber for this week, and I ultimately decided to. Well, who's his matchup? Is, is it, uh, uh, it's a tough matchup. I want to say Boston. Yeah, yeah I, think I think you're it was, right. Was the the Red Sox? Because I don't so, think I started him this week. I think yeah, I and I mean the, the Red Sox are struggling. I still think that lineup has some ability to do some damage. It's you know I don't put them in the class with you know the the A's and the Mariners. But anyways, back to Umber. So I I, I really like him in head to head. I've been saying that since last year. Uh, but Roto again the the pitch to contact approach doesn't serve him all that well unless he has two starts or a really really favorable matchup. So to me in Roto. He's kind of a borderline guy at best in standard mixed leagues. Well, I, I, I guess, I, I, like I've said before, I think Umber is a pretty good pitcher, but pretty good just doesn't cut it for me at this stage of the season. There, there's too many potentially really good options out there for me to invest a roster spot in Umber. I, I think BC Eagles... Biggest point here is the 8.7 strikeouts per nine innings in the second half last year. Because if Umber is able to maintain that, then suddenly uh, he's he's more than just a pretty good option. I don't necessarily believe that 69-inning stretch that he did that is legit. Uh, But the strikeouts have been there, obviously, so far in the the two starts this season. So that Mm -hmm. is something to keep an eye on. But before we move on, I just to say I like this hashtag too, more legit than you think. I'm wondering if we can get this going, like if people could think of other ways to use that use that hashtag. The hashtag more legit than you think? Yeah. Let's get it going. Yeah. I'm gonna I'll tweet some more legit than you think's out there. I'll, uh, I'll try to come up with yeah, some. Yeah, all right. That's good stuff. Fun <laughs> with hashtags. All right, we're gonna move through the rest <laughs> of the most added most drop list pretty quickly so we can get to emails. Uh, number three, Bartolo Cologne, up to eighty five percent ownership. Cologne or Umber? Cologne. Cologne. Number four is Luke Scott, 55% ownership now. Scott or Neuenheis? Scott. Uh, you know what? I'll give Neuenheis a try. Really? Yeah, really. No, you're that high on him. I'm uh, not that high on Neuenheis, but I'm really just not that high on, on Luke Scott, especially uh, outside of Baltimore. He hits homers. Yeah, I'm skeptical that he's going to keep hitting homers like he is. Scott or Sherholtz? Scott. 
Yeah, you know, actually, if I'm going to be consistent here, I should say Sheerholtz because I actually think that he and Nunez are pretty similar. Uh, but I, I can't do it, Scott. All right. <laughs> so I've got to be inconsistent. Number seven is uh, San Diego third baseman Chase Headley, who is hashtag more legit than you think. Uh, he's pretty much the top third baseman in fantasy. Is he more legit? Well, he's not the Adam, top third baseman. Adam, the fan- fantasy analyst. No, he's not the top third baseman. But going on what you say, Scott, if he played outside of Petco, he oh, would yeah. be more legit than you think. I I do agree with that, yes. Uh, rest of the season, Headley or David Wright? David Wright. Right. Headley or A-Rod? <laughs> A-Rod. A-Rod, but... Yeah, more closer right, than you closer think. Than you think. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Headley or Edwin Encarnacion. Encarnacion, I really like the start he's off to. That's that's a tough one. Um, I'd say Encarnacion uh, by the slimmest of margins. Wow, then Encarnacion or Arod? Uh, I'll still take Arod there too. It, okay. Part of it's just predicting a drop off for Arod, which is not something I want to act on necessarily yet. Gotcha. All right, most dropped, number two, Francisco Liriano. We're, we're on board with that. You can yeah. drop him. We talked about him yesterday. Number three, Jeff Samarja. He's still owned in 58% of leagues. Is that still too high? It's still too high. Yeah, I think I uh, should settle in probably in the 40 neighborhood. Less legit than you think. Number four is John Mayberry. Is he basically worthless right now? He is. Juan Pierre's dominating the starts in left field. I'm over Mayberry. <laughs> uh, number five is Jose Tabata. He's owned in half of our leagues. I uh, Actually, I put in a claim for Sheerholtz, like I said. The guy I dropped. Jose Tabata. Jose Tabata. <laughs> just doing nothing to keep me around. And number eight is Cubs outfielder Alfonso Soriano, who is hitting 200 without a home run yet. But he can get hot. But he's owned in 62% of leagues. Too high, too low? A little too high for Soriano. All right. You 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 think maybe, though, he could... Get on oh, one yeah. of those runs. Uh, We've seen him hit, do it before. He'll hit 11 home runs next month and then <laughs> six the rest of the season. All right, let's do some emails. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com. Chad in Minnesota is in a 10-team AL-only keeper league. I have Brandon League at $4, final year. Walden at 1. Hector Santiago off the wire at $10. I want to trade League while he's still valuable and add Wilhelmson before League is traded into a setup role or to the National League, and before people catch on to him, uh, to Wilhelmson as a likely replacement. My fear is that Walden and Santiago are not surefire closers, and if things go south with Wilhelmson, what should be 10 points in saves may end up as four. Is it too early for the strategy? Is it a bad plan, or does it all depend on the return? There's a little bit of risk, obviously, here for all the reasons that Chad says, but I really, really like this uh, this approach a lot. Um, I I would trust Walden and Santiago enough to uh, trade league at what what's probably going to be peak value for him. Next email is from Stephen Philly, and I didn't really get the reference. I had to Google it. I'm going to think. I'm to say Scott does get the reference. Do you? Who no. he addressed it to? Oh, you don't? No, I don't. I figured maybe your wife made you watch the Food Channel. I would do watch. It's uh, that then I do might. you know it's it? Not, I, I know, and it's not the Food Channel because well, we say oh, who not. it is because Anthony Bourdain. He would be highly insulted by that. He hates the Food Channel. Oh, oh does he? I, I have yeah. heard about this guy. Then I have no idea who this is. <laughs> I've heard oh, it's it's a good show. Him. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what channel is it on? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what it is. It's like uh, I forget, but is it's it not. A, it's I don't think it's a food. It's like a travel. Maybe it's a travel network. Oh, okay, okay. But it's about food. But it's about food and. 
different <laughs> exotic locales. All right, here's Steve's question. I'm in a standard 5x5, five 10-team five, mixed roto league, and I have Pablo Sandoval, Hanley Ramirez, and Jeter splitting shortstop and third base duties. My team could probably use another starter. I'd obviously love to sell high on Jeter right now, right? But what kind of starting pitcher would you recommend I realistically target? Is Ian Kennedy too wishful? Probably, but I don't think it's offensive or anything to try. Uh, Jeter's off to a great start, and that's obviously a big name. Uh, it, it would depend, I think, on what the Kennedy owner has at shortstop. You you want to target the team who really seems to be hurting at shortstop, maybe with like a Marco Scudero starting there or something, um, and then just, just work from there. Uh, if I got that offer... I would be insulted. <laughs> but you really, you're, you're a known Jeter detractor. Who's starting him in the podcast league. But no, but that is true. So That is true. All right, would you, uh, would you give up Wandy Rodriguez for Jeter? Yes, I would. Right. I, think, I, think, I think that's that pretty, yeah, close, that's, to the, pretty I, close to the target. Maybe well, go a little higher. No, no, I think you can go higher than Wandy. Yeah. Uh, Jeter was drafted ahead of Wandy, I feel like. Oh. And if anything, Jeter's value... I'm pretty sure he was drafted ahead of Wandy. <laughs> How about Lincecum? Uh, I would. Uh, that seems like a doable trade, and I would rather have Lincecum. So maybe it's you know it might end up being a waste <laughs> based on what we're saying about Lincecum. But uh, I, I would I would if I had this uh, Hanley Sandoval situation going on, I'd take that trade. But yeah, to answer the question, because yeah, I think Wandy's probably shooting a little too low. I could see uh, offering Jeter for somebody like Corey Lupke. I think that would be. Pretty fair value. But I still think you could do better, maybe. Can't hurt to Try ask. it. Try it. Unless you're asking yeah, me and then ask, I'm insulted. Offer either a team that needs a shortstop or a Yankees fan. That is your best bet. <laughs> yeah. Okay? They're going to value Jeter the most. Here's an email from Jersey. Got a trade offer from my brother. We're in a 14-man head-to-head league. He's offering Logan Morrison, Brett Lurie, and Paul Goldschmidt for Teixeira and Desmond Jennings. <laughs> Don't do it, right? Teixeira and Desmond Jennings blows the other side out yeah. of the water. Don't do it. Your brother's trying to rip you off. We're not trying to start problems in your family, <laughs> but don't do it. Uh, last email from Andrew in Stanford. Is it time to dump Ichiro? It depends on ten uh, team league, six by six league, ten team league. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would hold on to Ichiro. I, I think uh, in head to head leagues, he's he's. Much more marginal than most people realize head-to-head points leagues, but in in roto, he still has enough potential to carry you in batting average and steals that I feel like you should stick with him. All right, here's the list of players he gives. Would you drop Ichiro in a ten-team league for these guys? Michael Morse to stash? Uh, no, I don't think so. I wouldn't either. Lomo? No. Mm-mm. Rios? No. Pierzynski? No. Nope. Ted Lilly? No. Nope. Vance Worley? Nope. Danny Duffy. I'm just going no across the board here. And Matt Harrison. (laughs) Keep them. Keep each your own. We are done for the day. We're back tomorrow. Thanks a lot, everybody. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com is our email address for Scott White and Al Melchior. I'm Adam Azer. We are more legit than you think. Take it easy. (laughs) 